0: This is Desi and welcome back to my podcast, Candle in a Dark Room. So today my guest is Kate Oseen. Kate is a mom of two, wife, and a passionate digital creator and an advocate for human trafficking, using her platform to educate and amplify preventative information to bring awareness to human trafficking. In business, she empowers small businesses and brands with the knowledge in digital marketing to leverage their skills to create a strategy to help their business excel.
1: Welcome Kate to my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so Of excited. course.
0: I'm so excited to finally have you on. I feel like we've been trying to plan this for a minute and I'm excited that we finally were able to. Totally. Again, like Kate, you know, like in the introduction, Kate is a huge advocate for human trafficking. I have been following your page for a while and she has a pretty big following of people because she's very informative and goes into the straight up facts and No sugarcoating. And I love that because that's how I am as well. And so she talks a lot about, you know, how social media doesn't help with, you know, anything like this. Does it help bring attention or awareness to uh, trafficking, to child abuse, to any of the important topics? Because again, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of those don't bring any awareness to this type of stuff. If anything, they block it. And that's where the problem is. So, Kate, let's start by having you kind of just tell us, first of all, how you grew up and kind of just like your background personally and then from there well uh, I would love to just know how you got involved in this
1: awesome um yeah so I actually grew up um in a small town I'm from Canada by the way um and I grew up in a small town I lived quite a sheltered life I didn't really you know Get into a lot of trouble. I was actually quite well behaved. I was the one who was always protecting my friends and all those different things. So kind of just been a mama bear for quite a long time. But I definitely had a very sheltered uh, life growing up, and I didn't really obviously experience a lot of things because they didn't have so- social media back then when I was a- when I was a kid. Up until I think right. MSN Messenger or something like that. I think that was like oh, when, when we had
0: dial up. When we had to do dial up in my days. I was actually talking about the other day. I was like, remember, we'd get so excited. And I'd be like, mom, everyone get off. I'm going to get on MySpace and like have to dial up the tone. And oh my gosh, I feel like. We're totally. able, but <laughs> yeah.
1: So we did, I didn't have too much access to the internet. My, my parents were pretty good at just, you know, knowing my whereabouts, what I was up to, having those different types of open conversations, uh, protecting me. So yeah, I had a, a fairly normal um, upbringing. Until I was around 16, 17, I actually met my now husband and, um, we ended up, uh, living together when we were 17, doing that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then we had kids quite early. I had my first when I was 20. So I found out I was pregnant when I was 19. Um, so yeah, it was yeah, definitely, so yeah. definitely a ride, but I feel like it's actually probably it is why I'm where I am today. So yeah, it was yeah, definitely a pretty normal upbringing, but I became a young mon- mom and it's definitely taught me a lot. Um, and so I actually, to get into kind of why I am where I am today, I used to own a children's apparel company. So we focused a lot on ethical clothing and providing okay. a fair trade to people who were making the clothing. So always quite knowledgeable within fair trade and and labor and those sorts of things. Um And then I got out of that and my background is in digital marketing, like you said. So, um, I, I empower small businesses, to learn how to grow their businesses and just give them tools, give them the tools to help them create a strategy around that. Um, and I actually, the reason why I do what I do right now is because I applied for a job and it was for a organization within my city that, uh, works with clients, um, who have. Who have escaped or exited human trafficking or the sex trade. Um, And so I work for them for a short amount of time, uh, just doing their social media and stuff like that. And for me, I was like, I don't see a lot of pages or platforms on social media that are raising much awareness about this or that Mm -hmm. I could find in the beginning. Um, And I know, obviously, within Canada, it's a lot less um, statistically on those on that scale less in Canada than it would be in the United States mm-hmm. um but yeah I just definitely found a hard time like finding proper information or even a page or an outlet that was spreading this sort of information because I didn't know a lot of what I knew until I started working for this organization where I okay. you know had to do the courses and you have to like learn the different language that you should be using on these platforms right um and so, yeah. And then I was like, you know what, like, this is a disaster. Like this is terrible what is happening and not many people are talking about it. So, you know, what? I'm just going to use my platform at that time. I had my, my Instagram, I had a decent following then. So I thought, you know, maybe I need to start telling people what's going on. And then it sort of went into the prevention in terms of like telling parents and online safety and those sorts of things. Um, and yeah, since that started, I now work for an organization within my city. Um, I work with a few different survivors, just um, helping them with their um, social media and stuff like that. So yeah, that's okay. kind of
0: where I am now. So with your organi- with the organization you work for now, um, what exactly do you do for them?
1: So I strictly just do their digital marketing. So I, oh, build, okay. I build courses, and then I also manage their social media. Um, and just help them in terms of like LinkedIn, those sorts of things, getting investors, those sorts of things. That's kind of um, my gig. So, yeah. Oh, okay. It's nice I love to that. Be, it's nice to be using my skill for something that is like actually helping something. So,
0: yeah, I love that. I, I shoot, I need you. Um, <laughs> it's this is hard. It's hard to figure all this out. Like, I am literally winging it every day. But I mean, I, feel like I've gone pretty far, you know, considering I had no idea what I was doing at the beginning. Um, but yeah, I love the, like I said, I love the attention that you bring, you know, I'm constantly talking about these important topics, you know, being a child sexual abuse survivor myself, I, that's why I wanted to start Candle in a Dark Room because, you know, there was organizations like Rain and a few things like that. But originally when I started doing this, you know, a couple years ago, I didn't see a lot of like survivors talking about a lot of people bringing awareness to this. And so I started, you know, with the podcast, but then from there, I wanted to grow into an organization and that's how, you know, we got to where we are now. Um, And then I came across your stuff and you're very passionate about what you talk about, because obviously it's an important issue. And I wish, you know, everybody was as passionate as you were about it. And then we probably wouldn't be in this predicament. Um, (laughs) But why don't you talk to us about like, what are the things that you are really bringing awareness to and why you bring awareness to those
1: things? Okay. So I feel like there are so many things I kind of call it like this umbrella, right? Because there's so many factors to what kind of feeds the beast or perpetuates the problem. And obviously- okay just even within this pandemic, we've seen a huge influx of mm-hmm. uh, grooming and coercion and all these different things online, not so much right. in person. Right. Right. Um, so I like to sort of talk about all the different, um, avenues of kind of what happened. So I personally, in my own opinion, not a lot of people agree with me. I feel that pornography has a lot to do with, um, yeah. you know, perpetuating the problem and violence within women and
0: and so i actually want to bring attention to that because so i actually have gotten into it a couple of times with a couple of people about this issue because i am a hundred percent agree with you on this i think porn pornography has everything to do with i mean i'm sorry a child perpetrator every single child perpetrator has had an adi- some type of addiction to porn I mean, you can, you can talk to all of them. You can go to prison and talk to them and they will all tell you. None of them, not one person is going to tell you, I didn't watch porn. I didn't get into that stuff. Even if it's not child porn, still pornography it's you know Mm -hmm. and then it obviously you know different people escalate to the child pornography um but i know for instance you know my my stepfather he's the one who was my abuser my old stepfather um he was my abuser and he had a huge addiction to pornography and i remember that very distinctively before my abuse started kind of like walking out of my room and seeing that he was like watch looking at that and i remember being so surprised because i had never seen anybody do that. So for me, it was really hard to understand like what was going on. But then as my abuse started, I would notice he would do that more often. And then it kind of became a part of my abuse as well. And then mm-hmm. it you know, escalated. And then my, the recent situation of when he got caught, um, I'm, I think you know about that situation last year when he got caught with the child pornography. But again, it originally started with regular pornography. He wasn't into the child pornography. And then now he's in f- full-on, you know, pupurescent child pornography, which is insane to me. So like, I've gotten into it a couple of times with people because they're like, I don't think porn has anything to do with it. That could be something intimate between you and your partner, and this and that. And I think that pornography is just such a huge issue. And especially nowadays, because it's everywhere, it's literally everywhere, you know, and that's the sad part is it's so becoming so normalized because it's, I mean, you walk down the street in Vegas or anything else, and you're getting handed cards of, you know, naked women. Thank you for bringing awareness to that. Because I think, like you said, a lot of people don't agree with that. A lot of people don't see how that connects.
1: So how
0: did you like start getting involved with that?
1: Um, So for me, I've actually never, ever consumed pornography ever in my life. Um, And so I think I, I had been sort of in situations like as a kid, if I was like, over at a friend's house or something and there was a bunch of boys there they'd be talking about it or whatever and I'd be like that's gross like I just like wasn't into that um but when I started um really looking into um obviously within the porn industry a lot of these people are trafficked like you can't really tell people like well how do you know and I and I'm like exactly how do you know if that woman wasn't coerced okay maybe she showed up on set And she had an idea of what was going to be happening in the scenes. And then they added things on or said, okay, well, we're actually going to do this now. And it escalates and they can start off doing like ethical porn, as they like to call it. And then Mm -hmm. it kind of segues into more extreme things, like you said, but um, just looking at the numbers, statistics, uh, looking at how a lot of um, victims uh, would say, you know, I was groomed by pornography. Yeah, before absolutely. I was actually trafficked or, um, before I was abused. So, or during, um, or that yeah. is how I was trafficked. So yeah, I definitely started to look into that and I've, I've read a few studies and one study that I actually read also is that, um, there's a man who works with, um, men who have abused other children
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: um, he would ask them like, okay, so what happened to you as a child? Like, were you abused? Like, did this happen to you? Is this, those sorts of of things. And I guess like over just within the past decade, um, most of the the offenders weren't abused as children. They were just consuming pornography. Mm. And that led into them abusing. And why do you
0: think that is? What do you think in pornography? I know you haven't consumed it, but from what you know, what, what do you think it is that makes that escalate?
1: Well, we know that obviously when, well, I don't know, but when people consume pornography, it feels good. There's um, chemicals that are going off in your brain, dopamine hitting those spots of like, this feels good. This is making me feel good. Cause I'm watching this and it slowly just progresses. So you're starting off with ethical porn, like a lot of people talk about, and then you're getting into more extremes, like Child pornography, snuff, those sorts of different things. Mm Um and I honestly think that it rewires the brain because a lot of these people who are abusers were watching pornography when they were eight, nine, ten years old and they stumbled upon like a Playboy or something like that. And then they actively were seeking it out. Mm
0: -hmm. And then those
1: sorts, those sorts of ethical types of porn don't release those those hits of dopamine to the brain. So you're going to be looking into like strangulation, like choking all of these different types of extreme pornography to get those hits off. It's actually Mm -hmm. quite messed up how that can happen. But um, there are a lot of studies on it that, you know, especially if these younger kids are consuming it and their brains aren't fully developed, but they're consuming this type of content it's going to rewire their brain it's well them to think
0: that that's okay that this is a normal sex relationship right. oh this is how you have sex this is how you do it not thinking obviously this is just pornography but when they start watching it at 8 9 years old this is what they in their bit in their minds because again they're not developed fully developed yet they're thinking, okay, this is how you interact. This is how you have sex. And so then it progresses as they get older, when they actually do finally have sex, they think it's okay to pull hair. They think it's okay to choke. They think it's okay to do those things because yeah. what else? how else are they supposed to know that that's not okay, right? Because that's what they've seen right. for, for years. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, it's crazy how, it's crazy, but it makes sense. It's crazy, but it makes sense yeah. that why they would think that. And so that's why, like you said, pornography is such a huge issue with our youth right now and not you know especially because it's everywhere and even if it's not pornography you know full-on vagina penises things like that but they're doing other things like I mean it's still so inappropriate just because they're wearing a, a bikini that hides their hole basically <laughs> that's it that's all it's yeah. covering I don't think it's that's enough like you can still see everything like I think it's so Hopefully. funny like well you can't see anything no you literally just can't see the holes that's it that's all you can't see so well, yeah, it's so just,
1: funny because like I kind of go back to like, yeah, they have all these preventative measures for kids. Like you can't drive a car by yourself until you're sixteen yeah. years old, or you can't consume alcohol. Like depending where you live, eighteen or twenty-one. Like we have all these measures put in place for all of these things, but not yeah. pornography. And yeah. if pornography is making men go out and rape and kill women, you know, like obviously there should Trying be those. To- in place, especially these websites like Pornhub, for example. Yeah. Um, what? Like it's. Yeah. It's, it's a whole. Well, that's beast.
0: recently come out that a bunch of that is trafficked victims. Oh yeah. That's on yeah, Pornhub, sure. and yeah, that's come so out many of yeah. Well, and I think that also too, a lot of people try to replay. So like you said, people go, you know, men go and see, even women go and see this pornography and then they want to go act it out and go and find a victim who's going to cooperate or whatever. And it's just so, it's just so unhealthy because not only are the, are the men, are the boys, males seeing this as they're growing up and thinking it's normal, but then the girls are being treated this way. So then they're growing up thinking it's normal because this is what they're seeing. They see all they've seen. It's such a, circle it really is like that's just really the way the only way you can explain it okay so you bring your attention to the porn and that that's kind of what got you into like the trafficking thing is that kind of like you said you did the organization but what why did you start bringing so much attention to the pornography to kind of let people know that this is how it starts or well I part think of because how it starts?
1: I did see a lot about Trafficking Hub, the campaign against Pornhub. So that definitely Mm -hmm. set off a lot of flags for me. And just as we talked about earlier about TikTok, like I've full on seen girls talking like, spit my mouth, choke me, pull my hair. And then they're like, Mm -hmm. comment section is all about like the porn that they just watched. Or this, I saw this documentary on this girl and or the on pornography. And they asked the girl, you know, like, a lot of women can die you know like in pornography and those sorts of things and she goes well that's not a bad way to die it's like think of the mentality of like yeah. what this does um like how messed up is she in the head to think that that's okay exactly and that's okay for other women Yeah. so um yeah definitely pornography obviously the sex trade that's a big topic um, and then I just think like the hypersexualization, the oversexualization of children in general in marketing on all these different apps, like literally eight-year-olds in a crop top and booty shorts, like doing yes. dances to Cardi B's song. Like I'm like,
0: yeah, this is
1: not okay. So yeah. there's definitely a lot of things that I think I try to focus on, and mostly my biggest thing is like you, we need to be protecting our kids as much as you're saying like save the children, save the children you need to be protecting your own children. Like, and a lot of parents don't realize what their kids are even doing on these apps or what is on these apps. Mm So, um, just within like the grooming and, you know, isolating the child, like these, there's a manual for like grooming, like it's crazy. So I just think that there's a lot of, um, factors to, um, what's kind of, feeding the issues within human trafficking and then just like people not even talking about it or wanting to talk about it I don't mm-hmm. get it I'm like I wish I knew about this earlier because yeah, I would it. have been talking about these <laughs> no well does. exactly
0: well that's the thing it's like people don't want to actually like how are we supposed to bring awareness to it without talking about it people say like oh we need to bring awareness but yet nobody wants to post anything nobody wants to share the things that we're posting about these topics because it's too much for their page or whatever. Well, then we're not going to, if that's the the way we're going to think and then our mentality, then there is going to be no awareness because we all have to be able to do it. All of us adults, it's our job to protect our children and to teach them as they grow up. This is not how you treat women. This is not how you treat men. This is how you treat yourself. This is how you respect yourself. And those are the type of things that we need to be teaching our children. You know, I'm very vocal about my, you know, to my daughter about not letting boys like yell at her and talk to her and disrespect her and push her and you know things like that. And she's in kindergarten. And so to her, you know, little boy push me in school. I'm like you let him know, like, hey, that's not respectful. Don't push me. Don't put your hands on me. Those type of things. You know, and as a six-year-old little girl, she doesn't realize the extent. But as we teach them as they get older, like, you know, men don't talk to women that way. Same with my son. He's an eight-year-old boy and he's getting to that age where I'm sure he's talking to his friends about girls and all that stuff, which I'm not ready for, but um all of that <laughs> stuff. And I for me, it's, I'm always very vocal with him too on pointing out the things like if, he, if they do see something, what is wrong with this? What do you think is wrong with this situation and pointing it out? Because unfortunately, we can't keep them in a bubble. I mean, in reality, we can't keep them in a bubble. I can't lock my kids in their house until they're 18. Like, I, I just, you know, you can't do that. So all we can do is teach them as they go. So
1: teaching yeah. our kids consent and not keeping secrets and yep. all those yes. different things. It's interesting because. i got an email from my kid's school about sex ed because he's in grade six okay and um obviously i've talked to him prior to this and we've had conversations so he's kind of equipped and you know understands the basics um but i was looking at it and it's basically just like how you put a condom on a banana Mm -hmm. and just like about how you have sex like you're you're basically gonna have a kid like those sorts of things and i was like they are misstepping like what they're they're
0: not even asking
1: and i know it's not their job but i feel like parents in their minds are like it is the school's job and they are relying on the schools to be educating their children on these things but they're missing the mark they're missing consent they're missing um you know the sex trade they're missing pornography like all of these discussions that they that they should be having they're just not having and i don't think a lot of parents even know because I remember yeah when I was taking sex ed and I was just like Ugh, this is a woman giving birth like okay but I didn't yeah. know I didn't know anything because that's what they taught me and my mom didn't talk to me about it either so yeah
0: yeah,
1: yeah. like you said
0: consent is a huge thing and they needed and kids need to know like even if some, something as simple as kissing, you know, again, I've talked to my son, you don't ever kiss a girl unless you ask her first. Hey, is it okay if I kiss you? You know, right. those little things again, is it okay if I hold your hand? You know, those types of things are so small, but that's going to, that's what's going to teach our children as they grow up. As Once it gets to, can I touch your boob? Can we have sex? Those <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, yeah. I mean, that's, it's got to start somewhere and it's, it starts as simple as, can I hold your hand? Can I give you a hug? Can I give you a kiss? You know, things like that. Um, right what are, what is it that you talk to your kids about? Um, like, what do you tell your son about this issue?
1: Um, so I, he definitely knows a lot more about like human trafficking in general. So like labor, trafficking, okay. those sorts of different things. I've just recently, he doesn't have, I don't, my kids don't have devices. I don't allow that. That's just like a personal thing. I've seen way too much shit online. Yeah. Like just hand my child basically a porn device. Right. there you go have fun yeah (laughs) um but um I've I've talked to him a little bit about pornography just about like good pictures bad pictures I don't know if you've heard of that book um her name's Kristen Jensen she wrote the book um and so that kind of goes through like if you see a bad picture like what do you do so for example he was actually at someone's house Mm. and the, the boy was googling butts and as you can imagine, Google pulls up long butts. butts. Like not yeah. just like cartoon butts. Like we're talking like real no butt. butts. And after that happened, he immediately came home and was so uncomfortable. And he's like, mom, like so-and-so was Googling butts. It was like really, it made me feel really uncomfortable. And I wanted to come and tell you. So thank God we read that book before he did that. And so I've talked to him a little bit about pornography and those sorts of things. Um, but just like telling him that he can talk to me about anything really, but I feel like with boys, it's like I feel like they don't know how to talk to their parents really about right. these types of things because it is especially their mom it's embarrassing, it's a little embarrassing right. and uncomfortable. Um, so I just try to make it like super normalized that you can come and talk to me about anything, and obviously, he felt that he could because he came and told me that, and so I just Obviously that happened at someone else's house that didn't even happen under my roof. So then I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to be going to other people's houses, then we're going to be have like have to talk to the parents and those sorts of things to make sure that you guys don't have all this unlimited access to the Mm -hmm. internet because 25% of the internet is pornography. So well, and a bunch
0: of boys getting together, looking at butts, it's going to escalate <laughs> to other things.
1: <laughs> totally. And that's usually how it is. It's like, you're usually with your friends or boys are with their friends and they start looking up stuff because they heard about it. And I mean, and the thing listen- is, it's hard
0: into their head. It's harmless. Oh, right. we're bunch, totally. boys. we're looking at butts, we're looking at boobs. Like they're not understanding the extent of it, obviously, like they are boys. We get it. Like, you know, we, they're teenage boys, teenage girls, like their hormones are going crazy. So they want to kind of right. see how things work. But if that was what, it, if that's all it was, then that'd be different, but it's, it's not just boo. It's not just a, butt. it's goes into full on different, you know, obviously out of
1: control things. And that's where the, there's no line. Yep. And I mean, the music that they listen to, like you, you yeah. don't even, you, you don't have to be even online looking at stuff. They can hear it within the music, like, uh, like the violence and the sexualization and just like. I mean, it's, I know it's existed for a long time, but I feel like it's escalated a lot over the years. Well,
0: it's even like child artists are coming out with these songs that are like, oh, you know, my, they're, most of their audience is children, and yet they're still coming out with these type of songs.
1: Yeah. It's, it's And it's so in their face. So it's like, okay, well, you have to like protect their ears and you have to protect their eyes and you have to protect their hearts and their minds. Like it's, it's a big job. Body, so. all of it. Yeah, yeah. Body, all of it. So I just think, for me, honestly, to answer your question, definitely just like keeping those lines of communication open and just, I've talked to him a lot about human trafficking and then recently more with just within porn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just like things like consent, obviously, but that also was brought up in the book that I suggested as well. So what's it called that called uh, again? Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Good Pictures, um, Bad Pictures.
0: Um, so no,
1: it's, it's written by Kristen Jensen. Her organization is Protect Young Minds. Um, oh, okay. So, I
0: think I know that. Okay.
1: Yeah. So she has two books for that, and so I find that I found that very helpful as well because yeah, sometimes you just don't know where to start. You know, mm-hmm. like it, obviously yeah, I, I was not talk to about those sorts of things with my parents, so for me I had to learn. <laughs> yeah, how to have those conversations. So.
0: Nope. I yep, yeah I agree, and like you said, I mean just that in itself, the title, good pictures, bad pictures, teaching them what's good and what's bad. Uh, again, we can't be with them 24 seven. So how give us uh, some ideas on like how ways that you protect your children. Cause you said you don't give them devices, mm-hmm. but other than that, I mean, they still watch TV, I assume. Yeah. Like they're kind
1: of a little bit like my eldest is definitely kind of outgrowing that he's more just like watching sports stuff or like outside. Um, so those sorts of things, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, just communication. I don't allow them to have devices on their own if they are it's in a common area so it's usually where I am um so in a common area and then obviously talking to the parents of the kids uh that they might be friends with letting them know like my kids have restrictions if that's not comfortable with you then they can come over to my house instead Um, right those sorts of things and then like I said just talking to him about it so that he knows about so I'm not like hiding it i'm like telling him like this is what happens like this educating. happens online i'm tr- i'm keeping you safe by not like handing you a device because even if he wasn't actively seeking it out it's everywhere it's right. literally everywhere on every single app there's girls in bikinis with their butt cheeks spread wide open <laughs> i'm just like yeah. and th- there's no algorithm yeah anymore like even on tiktok like that is a whole other story so yeah at
0: first tiktok was like oh this is fun like we're doing dances because my daughter like me and her would do and we have a couple that we did together and you know she we would do those because she loves to dance things like that but as like literally within the first like couple months i started seeing like myself seeing things i was like we are deleting this app so i don't even have it anymore because i'm like i don't even want if they have my phone or they're like you know playing tetris or something on my phone i don't want them to accidentally have access to that If you are going to have those things with your, you know, for your children, like she said, just giving them the internet and access is, 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 that's where it's going to be dangerous. Making sure they have limited things to watch, making sure they have, you know, all the things are blocked, like put those things on for your kids, put codes, put, you know, all those protection
1: things together. And I know that there are like a few different apps, like you've probably heard of Bark and then Protect Young Eyes. That's like a different one. He has an app that he's created to protect kids But I like, I know a mom who she had all of these, all these protections on the apps took things out of the bedroom, all these different things. And she wasn't even using an app. She was using the web browser and found like a chat room Mm. and started chatting with people just through the web browser. So it wasn't even through Instagram or Facebook or, you know, they have the like kids kids chat apps. Yeah. What are we doing here? Um, (laughs) And so yeah, she got through all of those different walls that her mom built to protect her from it. And then obviously it escalated to the point where the man showed up outside her school and tried to pick her up from school. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that's crazy. But the, the thing was was that she said that she didn't really have that conversation. It was more like she did the digital protections but she didn't have like aware. The, for a bit. The, yeah. The awareness or the communication protection mm. in that sense. So yeah. And yeah, like I mean, you said, that's so where scary. you tell them
0: like, Hey, it and again, like if my kids do, it happened, something happened to come up on their thing. They know mom that this just came up on my iPad. What do I do? Yeah. You know, I right. go and block it, delete it, do things like that. But yeah, again, it's letting them know what's not okay. So that way, if it happens, they're aware, oh, hey, I'm not supposed to do this. This is what my mom warned me about, you know? Yep. All right, guys. So if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen me wearing and repping the cutest leggings and workout gear. Well, all of that is from my ladies at Clone Apparel. The founder, Alex, was actually a guest on episode 10, Darkness Before Dawn on season one, which was about suicide prevention. Clone specializes in apparel for every booty and boob type. Plus, they have stuff for men as well. I can literally go from recording this podcast to the gym to picking up my kids and never have to worry about them moving, scrunching, or showing my booty. They are squat-proof, moisture-wicking, and did I mention, super affordable. I'm talking nothing over $45. Check out the clone highlight on my Instagram page, and make sure you follow them on Facebook and or Instagram, at Clone Apparel, that's K-L-O-N, and the link to their website is in the bio. Also, if you use the discount code, candle in a dark room, one word, you will get 20% off. So make sure you check them out now. You will not regret it. So, okay. So you also said that you are really involved with bringing awareness to like the sex trade. Give us a little bit more information on that and kind of what to be aware of and how to, you know, keep an eye out for things like
1: that this was a hard one because sometimes I don't know like if I overstep right because I'm not I haven't experienced the sex trade I haven't been a victim to the sex trade so I really try to tiptoe around this I feel like women have been sold some sort of standard that that it's okay to get into that life or get in like and only fans like those sorts of things explain what
0: exactly a sex trade is like only fans obviously it's part
1: only fans camming like working on the strip strip clubs pornography those those all sort of fall under like sex trade uh escort services massage parlors all those different things Mm -hmm. are kind of within the sex trade but obviously we know that a lot of women are kind of subjected to it Due to poverty or obviously a lot of women of color are subjected to the sex trade. So I feel like obviously that is its own beast in itself. But now we're creating these women who are white, who have privilege, who are using things like OnlyFans as being in the sex trade and saying it's a safe way of being in the sex trade. When really... It isn't safe, but I mean, you're obviously not being touched by multiple men at night, but there are a lot of, a lot of harmful effects to it because people can take the images. People can take the videos. People can ask you to do things that you might not feel comfortable doing with. There are a lot of boyfriends or Johns or pimps who can these women out through OnlyFans as well. Um, stalkers there's there's lots of dangers to it and i just honestly think like women have been sold some sort of dream that like materialism is important so why not just go take a picture of yourself and put it on only fans like what's the harm and so right. it could start off as something as not as harmful like only fans and then it could escalate to you doing escort services because you could be making more money doing that yeah. um but feel like it's such a downhill battle and I know that it definitely
0: can escalate to more things just like a drug addiction you start off with doing you know a line of cocaine and eventually you continue to do lines of cocaine it's not going to hit the same way anymore you're going to start using the pipe you're going to start you know and then it escalates to heroin and then you know there's there's lots of different things and I feel like that's the same thing with pornography and the same thing with the sex trade is you start off with something small and it can easily escalate and the next thing you know, yeah, you, I mean, I I saw that you liked this girl thing. I'm actually going to have her on the podcast um, in a couple of weeks, but she was in the sex trade and she posted the other day how it's not what you see. It's all these different things and how she went in thinking it was just like a picture. And next thing you know, a year later, she was fully in the sex trade in one right. year. She had gone from just doing pictures to, you know, to make money to completely being in the sex trade and being sold basically. And right. it escalates just so quickly.
1: Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people are like, well, you obviously don't, you're not a true feminist if you don't support sex work as work. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, if you want to talk about numbers here, uh, 90 or 88% of women in the sex trade are there by lack of choice. So Mm -hmm. how can you tell me that it's a job or it's like any other work are women who work at Starbucks being raped and you know killed and abused and all these things like 10 times a night like you know and I feel like people
0: don't realize though like how bad it is because I even even some of my friends like some of my friends like we were um, they were talking the other day joking about how so and so did it only fans and made like multi-million dollars or whatever and they were like oh my gosh I should do that you know just joking my one of my friends said something like well it's her choice if that's how she w- wants to make money then that's her choice Yeah, it is her choice. If that's how she wants to make money, you're right. But like you said, that's very rare. Not very many women have that option. Yeah, the couple that you know might have that option to do it on their own. But most of the people that are doing it don't have the option. It's what they're doing because they were trying to keep food on their table for their child or whatever. And then someone takes advantage of that. And next thing you know, they're in a full-on pimp situation that they can't get out of you know what's her name bad baby or whatever the one who was oh, in yeah. on
1: dr phil oh man six hours and a million subscribers no
0: she was on there within the first day you guys she uh i think made it was like 10 point something million dollars she like screenshot it and said it was like over 10 something million she made in like a six hour period from because it was her 18th birthday and she posted a bunch of pictures for her 18th birthday they're getting thrown these things left and right to do these things for, you know, publicity and, you know, promoting and all this stuff. It's just, it's so sad because, you know, we see people like Britney Spears, we see people like Amanda Bynes, we see people like all of these, you know, Demi Lovato, she just came out with her thing last week. And, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of her and her, her situation and her story. And she said that she was raped. She was raped as a teenager. I want to say she was raped at like 16 or something by another Disney star. I'm not sure who. But then she went and slept with him on her own and she went and had sex with him. And so a lot of people gave her a lot of crap for that. And I think that's where a lot of the shame comes in. But in her head, when she did her interview the other day, she said, well, I was trying to take his power from me by giving me the power to choose to sleep with him.
1: Well, and two, if you, I don't know if you follow her, the bad baby or whatever on Twitter, but if you look at the comment threads below, it was like, Old men being like, I'm been waiting Ugh. five years for this. And it's like since she came you- out
0: when yeah, she was 14 when she came out. So that's great.
1: Yeah. And I'm just like, and then too, like, what is her fan base? Like, what is the age demographic of her fan base? And they uh-huh. see her 10 million dollars on OnlyFans in six oh, but for
0: sure, it's 15, 16 year old girls. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Ugh, that's so the example scary. that we have, just like the ass pussy song or whatever that came out that's like like I just literally am just mind boggled sometimes by some of the things that are allowed but yet we get censored on Instagram and Facebook for saying stop human trafficking or bring any type of awareness to this and we get blocked you know children's riot we, I saw that you're good friends with her and she had a huge following I want to say it's like 17,000 she had a good following maybe it was 32, more than that 32,000 30- yes 32,000 and because of her video she's very much um, like Kate where she brings awareness to human trafficking and just basically called out Congress. She called out social media, all of those things. And one day her page was just gone. It just completely deleted. She now lost everything she's worked for. And it's just crazy to me. What is your opinion on that with the social media aspect? Because again, you talk a lot about that.
1: Oh, it's bullshit. It's like, how do you have all of these sensors and what is that thing that pops up when you post about COVID it's like a little a little banner oh, thing. yeah like you can detect COVID but you can't detect when it's obviously an underage child who's wearing a diaper or naked and you allow that to stay up and then right. it's like my, like my account got taken down last October and then I've had lots of warnings just like you're soliciting sex you're like doing all these things I'm like what like No, like it's, it's such bullshit, but they definitely, they monetize everything. Like think of all the data that they've collected from us. So they make money off of that. And then they know that obviously people are selling child sexual abuse material or child pornography. So they have men making these or whoever it is making these accounts, selling this on there and they can't take that down, but they take me because I I'm calling you out saying you had what. 6 million reports of abuse or pornography on your platforms and it's like you, yeah you see all these all these people on there as well like promoting their body positivity like has that gone too far because i basically see naked women all the time it's very backwards um how it works and i mean twitter has a really big problem they have a few um i think people who was it Encos they are working with a few uh, victims or survivors that are now suing Twitter because uh, uh, it was a boy actually and they monetized his abuse for like five months or so. And he and him and his parents contacted them multiple times to take it down. And they're like, well, you shouldn't have done that. Why why (laughs) did you do this online with someone? And it's like, you do not victim blame, like, no. Right. So I,
0: we're asking to take it down and that's should be enough, you know? Yeah.
1: But I know like they, they come out with this, like we're private companies. Like, you know, we, we're not here to protect other people. Like you have to protect yourself. Like what you put online. It's like, well, what if it's like an abuse of someone and it gets put online? It's the same thing with Pornhub. They like have all these people suing them now coming after them. People within the committee of Canada are going after them and they're still like, blaming the women
0: well there's this one that nice woman saying that she in the one of the videos she was like being raped and like you could tell it's a full-on you could tell it's rape I mean it's obviously violent and like the whole thing and I haven't watched it but from what I was reading about it I guess you can like tell it's you know she was crying I guess there's like definitely signs that it was not consensual and it's still she's like we contacted everybody I can't get it down like what do I do and it wasn't her consent like that's where, that's where the thing, that's where it's hard. Cause it's like, okay, it's not like they went on there and did the pornography themselves or they took the pictures themselves. Like you can clearly see that it's an unwanted situation and whether she's an adult or a child, like, why are they leaving that up? But like you said, unfortunately, when it comes to social media or anything like that, or basically anything, it's, it's about money. And that's, that's where it all comes down to is if they're making money and they're getting rich off of it, that's all they care about.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. Cause I think Masari or however you say his name, he's like the CEO of Instagram. And he goes on the other day and makes this video about the restrict feature and how it's to protect protect young people. And I'm like, You're protecting people? You're full of shit, yeah. bro. Well, I
0: You're think it's funny when they say, Are you 18 or older? So all they gotta do is say yes. Like there needs to be more questions or more something needs to be done to where instead of just saying, are you, this is for 18 and older. Are you 18? Of course, a 16 year old, 15 year old is going to say yes. Like they're not stupid. Like they know that's how they're going to access it because technically MySpace and Facebook and um, Instagram, all those things were supposed to be for only 18 and older. And obviously they're not like, that's where they need to start putting in measures to protect that and ask more questions and get more information instead of just like it being such an easy access.
1: But I was thinking too. What if they did some sort of thing where you had to scan your ID to make an yeah. account? Why wouldn't they think to do something like that? A to do like even a check on some of these people who may have who are the sex know, register, whatever, a record yeah. for abuse or like selling child porn or you know what I mean. So why, like, what is the harm in that? And if then they're collecting all our data anyway. Right. What is an ID it- going to do?
0: Exactly. You have to scan your ID to freaking get a car for Turo to rent a car for the day, but yet you don't have to scan your ID to get on like social media. You know, it's just like, I I think that's actually a great idea having to scan your ID. So like you said, people can not do multiple accounts and do the cyberbullying and all those things like that would not only help the trafficking and the sexual exploitation and all of that, but it would help the bullying and the suicide rate and all of those things that are rising because of social media. So like my, you know, my old stepfather, his parole hearing was that he wasn't allowed to be on social media, whatever, instantly like made a social media. That's where he got child pornography from. He was part of like that whole underground child pornography thing that got raided. And then that's where he first started getting my pictures from, got my, you know, that information and then originally figured out where I lived and got in-person pictures but that's how it started where if he again would have had something like scanning his id having some type of identification that they could see oh he's not allowed to have he's on the registry he's not allowed to have any type of social media you know what i mean like those yeah. are things that could be so helpful is this something you brought to congress you have brought as a bill you've done anything like
1: that i haven't worked on any bills yet i know that that's something as you talked about children's rights Sid. that's something that she has put forth I know that in Utah, I believe they did something with, um, children aren't able to see pornography based off of like, uh, when they go and get a phone or something like that. And they have to put in their iCloud information and it says Mm. like they're 14 years old. Uh, they're basically protected from seeing porn, I believe. Uh, so that a little while ago, I mean, it's something I want to work on. I just feel like I, it's something that I would, I would probably need help with just in terms of like even get those sorts of things passed is a lot of work yeah. so yeah I just feel like you have to kind of build something up first present it have something like like look at Trafficking Hub and Exodus Cry for example like look at what they have done they have literally built a beast to go after yeah. beast, like those sorts of things Um. yeah I definitely think if for anybody listening, if they feel like they have something to contribute, write to your MPs, write to like your senator, like all those Congress, all those different things, um, start those conversations. Um, even put the word out there maybe on your social media, like, hey, I want to like create this bill. Who mm-hmm. can help me? Or like, you know what I mean? So I think it just has yeah. to do with conversation. So I
0: actually have a, a meeting with a senator in Congress here in Utah in a couple of weeks to pass a bill which is going to be whenever a offender is released from prison, it's an automatic um, restraining order for the victim because I found out the wrong, the obviously not the good way um, that that's not the case, that you don't. And I always assumed when my stepfather got out of prison, he would have a no contact order, right? I just assumed that like I was a child when he was arrested, like all those things. And then when everything happened, I asked, I asked this question and they were like, well, no, you, you are supposed to come in and file that and this and that. So this is happening all the time where kids are being abused, their perpetrators are released and then they have access to just come get them can come by them again because the 16 year old now, instead of an eight year old, did it go and file a restraining order? Like it's things that we don't even know. So that's what I'm trying to pass in the thing. So this is something that like we could, that, you know, we could bring up and different states can start bringing this up because this is how we're going to get things done. This is the change. And like you, like, you know, you said, working together, coming together, building a beast against the beast, because that's the only way we're going to make a difference. And so, you know, you or I, or we, or whoever starts and tries to start doing this bill then this is where people can step in and they ask, you know, everyone on a regular basis asks me, asks you, how can we help? How can I bring awareness to this issue? Well, these are the type of things that you guys can do. These are the type of things that you can get involved in and help us bring attention to this because I can't, Kate can't, Children's <laughs> Riot by itself can't, like all of us can't do it by ourselves. Like we all have right. to come together and do it together or else that's the only way we're going to be able to change things. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I just think that that's something that we definitely could somehow try to present and try to hopefully one day pass and children's riots working on it, like you said, and um, all we can do is support them. So hopefully, you know, hopefully somebody can start making a difference with these things because that's the only way it's ever, ever going to get better. So,
1: right. Just really yeah there's I believe there's a few like just in Canada there's people working on making sure that flight attendants are fully trained and recognizing so there's a bill with that right now within the hotel chains making sure that the hotel chains are trained I believe in Florida actually they passed a bill that you have mm-hmm. three months three months to learn about the signs and things to look for within human trafficking or else you get fined a thousand dollars a day oh um, wow. Well, I think that's the
0: same with the flight attendant, the flight attendants, I think they have to, before they even finish their training to be able to go on a flight, they have to finish the human trafficking course and all that, which is so great. I think schools, first responders, like, I mean, this is, there's so many things that should be an automatic thing to do that you should take and courses you should take to do certain jobs. And that's one of them.
1: Um, Well, I mean, our, our law enforcement isn't that trained very well on it. That's something that needs to be done.
0: Absolutely.
1: Just so. yeah. Well, in
0: the U S too, though, there's certain things that they do take like a trauma informed course. Now um, it's required in at least in Utah, it's required, but responding to it is where, where, where I'm actually had a meeting with the, the police department here in Utah, like two weeks ago, because that's what I want to start doing is educating law enforcement on how to approach a person who's being trafficked, how to approach someone who's gone through PTSD, who's been through trauma, because more more times than none, you know, I I was a crisis worker for the University of Utah, and more times than none, when I would come on scene to somebody who was a survivor of trafficking, or they had just rescued somebody, or um, the person had just been raped, or whatever the situation is, I would come in, they'd have the person in handcuffs. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what's, what's happening here? Like this, you cannot, like when I, you know, I've dealt with dissociation disorder and I was 15 is when I got diagnosed and you would have held me in handcuffs when I'm having a full-on DID episode and I'm reimagining my rape and my abuse and all these things. And yet uh, two men are holding me back and putting me in handcuffs. Do you think I'm going to get better? No, I'm going to freak the fuck out. Like I am going to lose my shit because that's re-triggering the, you know, the people. And so, yeah, definitely. Um, I think in, well, you know, first responders and things like that need to be more trained on how to respond to trafficking victims and um, victims of any type of sexual violence, PTSD.
1: Yeah. I, I, Cause I was reading something as well a while ago and it was about uh, women who were either, you know, in the sex trade or trafficked. During, during that time that they were being trafficked or just within the sex trade, whether they identified as it being trafficking or not, they were in contact with a healthcare provider,
0: mm-hmm. which is,
1: that's insane that, this, that yeah. they knew that they were in contact with a healthcare provider, yet the healthcare provider didn't recognize it or, you know, didn't care. I heard of a story about a nurse trying to give a, a woman in the trade a shot and she was crying and freaking out and scared obviously because she had trauma from like drugs and stuff like that and um mm-hmm. the lawyer was standing outside the room and the nurse goes uh you're a prostitute you have you've experienced uh, much more the, worse than this suck it up so wow. if there's people like that and then there's people that aren't obviously trained to recognize these things like what the fuck yeah. are we doing yeah like, it's Ugh, so sad and it's people, a lot of people just don't have compassion and kindness in their heart either and I think that's a whole other thing is like yeah teach your kids to be kind and have compassion Empathy. we need more yeah
0: like empathy is huge for being you know for survivors of anything like having any you don't have to have been through it like you've never been through trafficking you've never been you know sexually abused things like that but yet you're one of the top advocates for this you know what I mean and that's because you have empathy you've put yourself in that situation and provided empathy to these, these survivors who've been through it by providing awareness by providing resources by providing those things and again if that was what more people did then this literally this world would change overnight like that's how simple it could be and it's just so sad because it's one of those things that's like literally one thing one small thing could change things so much but yet it's literally like pulling teeth to get to get that to happen. You know, we, me and you have talked before I posted something and lost a bunch of followers because I posted, okay. I don't remember what it was. And that's when we, I think first started talking about it. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, as soon as I started bringing up, you know, I could talk about all these issues, but as soon as I started bringing up child sexual abuse and, you know, advocating and all these things, all of a sudden I started like losing followers left and right. Like why? Because it's too hard for you to see, because this is still happening. Whether your eyes are closed or not, whether you're blind to it or not, it is still happening. And this is still happening to children every single day and happening to young women and men every single day. So why not be a part of the solution instead of just ignoring it because it's, it's too much to handle. That's what I've gotten. A lot of times I've had, you know, friends when I first started doing this, that straight up told me like, it's just too much. Like, I just can't follow you because it's just too much. I don't want, I don't want that visual in my head when I'm taking care of my daughter or you know, I don't want to be paranoid when I'm dating and those type of things. And I'm just like, mind boggles. Cause I'm like, well, if anything, this is like when you should be aware of this, if you're going to start yeah. dating or you're going to start doing these things, because this is the whole problem. And this is why this type of stuff continues to happen.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I rack my brain all the time about this because I find it so frustrating because I see so many people advocating for so many different things and actively sharing things to their stories. But as soon as you start talking about this stuff, people climb up and it's like, okay, let's think about this here. What could be a reason as to why? And honestly, I feel like all of us in some sort of way, small or big, unintentionally, intentionally play a part in human trafficking, whether that be what we buy, our shoes, men buying sex, not knowing if that woman has consented, watching pornography, clicking, consuming um, exploitation. So is it because we all actively play a role so it's easier for us to push other subjects that we might not necessarily have a part of so people are actively sharing things about anti-racism all of those different sorts of things and but because we may contribute to human trafficking is that why we're not talking about it or is it truly just because people are so uncomfortable obviously it's an uncomfortable conversation, but wouldn't you rather be equipped with the tools to teach your children, protect yourself, protect others, your community, than just like, I don't see it. I don't see it going I on it's just literally happening down the street. And it could be yeah. happening to your kid. And I kind of bring that up too, as well. And people don't like it when I'm like, so it's only going to matter if it is actively happening to your child. Yeah.
0: You know, yeah, I, and until they've like, been into the situation it's easy to ignore until it's your child
1: right and then you would be loud you would be yep. using your so I yep. just try to remind people like prevention belongs to all of us we all play some sort of role in this big or small intentionally unintentionally and like why not get ahead of it instead of just mm-hmm. like situating and adding to the problem so right
0: yeah no, I agree and I feel like like you said, you know, people share about all these other important things, but yet when it comes, you know, I see people selling a t-shirt that has, you know, a demonic symbol or something and it gets sold out in minutes, but yet I sell, you know, selling my shirts be a Voice for the Voiceless. I mean, I sold most of them, but a lot of them people just ignore. Like I didn't get like a lot of, like it took me a while to finish selling them because I kind of had to push it. And, you know, I have more than I'm trying to get rid of right now because of April and it's sexual assault awareness month but it's easy because I have, you know, so many people looking at it, but yet no one wants to actually put their money towards that. Nobody wants to be like, Oh, well I'm going to buy this to support this situation because, but, but no, cause they're not going to wear that shirt. That shirt's too explicit. Like that, that's a weird shirt. Like I'm not going to wear that in public. You know what I mean? And it's just so weird to me. So you'll wear a like demonic weird symbol, but you won't wear something that says be a voice for the voiceless for our children. Like I don't, that just does not comprehend with me, you know? Um,
1: No, I get it. I feel like if a celebrity were to be like, start talking about it, or more of them start talking about it, then maybe people will talk about. People almost need a cue, like, all right, yeah, time is now. Now you can start talking about it because the news said it, or your favorite celebrity said it, and it's like, why does it take that? Why why does it have to be someone who you worship and praise, or a politician? And it's just like people. don't do a lot of critical thinking. They they're yeah. led by other people's um, influence. So absolutely,
0: yeah. So I don't know. Everyone listening to this, like this is the type of thing that we need everyone to really put their forth the effort and start bringing awareness to and sharing these posts that are about sexual assault awareness and sharing these, you know, um, all this information that has to do with trafficking and child abuse you know I posted this whole thing the other day like there's not an actual child abuse awareness day and there's you know there's sexual assault awareness day there's um, abuse prevent preventive abuse or something yeah prevention day those types of things but why is there day dog day to praise your dog or whatever it is that they have like all these weird days or you know what I mean like all these weird days that we celebrate throughout the year taco day you know all these weird things but yet there's not a day to bring awareness to child abuse. Like how the hell is that even, that doesn't make, make sense to me. Like child sexual abuse is one of the top things that is happening every single day. I mean, trafficking is, is very busy. It's constantly going on as well, but so is child abuse. So why is child abuse not as talked about as much? And I feel like since the pandemic, you know, trafficking has become a huge thing. People are really on board right now because it's the thing to do and, you know, whatever. Cause I think because, People are home and getting more educated on it or whatever but yeah. again it's like child abuse and these type of things people aren't realizing that a lot of child abuse is a part of trafficking it does it goes and it co- coincides together and yeah. you know the, even with my abuse yeah I wasn't abused I wasn't sold to other people but I had a um a, uh, excuse me a um news reporter straight up asked me when my whole thing came out with my stepdad about how he was doing the pornography and all that. Um, It ended up on the news. They ended up contacting me and I was on there. And when I went in there for the first time, somebody asked me, he said, do you think you were a sex slave? I've never had anybody ask me that question before, but for the first time in my head, I had to actually think that and process that. And I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, like I, I was, I was, it was not my choice. It was his beck and call where you want it at, you know, when, where, how, whatever the situation was, I had to do what he said or else there'd be punishment. And it's like, it all go, it all goes together. And I just, it's, it's frustrating for me. Cause I just feel like, why isn't this more of an important issue for people? Like, why isn't right. it, why doesn't it have a special day for everybody? And, you know, around the world day to sell it, to bring awareness to this issue. So it's really hard for me. Sometimes, sometimes I have to like bite my tongue because I'm like, You are so vocal about this, but yet I see you see my posts. I see you do this thing, but yet you're not, you don't share comment or do anything with this. You know what I mean? You just completely ignore the situation.
1: So again, if if, if it's happening to one in 10 children in this world. And honestly,
0: I almost call BS on even that statistic. And that's a lot, but honestly, like almost talk to 10 of your friends and I can guarantee you more than one of them has been through some type of abuse some type of, if not full on rape, they've been molested. They've been, you know, touched in a certain way or talked to a certain way or shown, you know, a man has shown their penis to them without them wanting it or something. And that's the thing. It's like, it's just, it's a constant battle. And it's something that unfortunately it's not getting better. It's getting more talked about, but until we start making the actual effort to stop it, it's right. going to continue and that's where you know why I really wanted to have you on to bring awareness to this issue and why I do what I do and talk about it with people who not only are are victims but also that are you know being a voice out there for everybody so thank you so much for doing what you do and continuing every day i mean you girl you post like a lot you post, you always have posts going on it was like she I'm has extra. Done, I'm extra but i think it's amazing i just love that you take the time, like every day you take time to do that and make sure that you're posting these things. And, um, there's not a lot of people like that out there. And so I am so grateful for people like you. So thank you for bringing awareness to this and for being on here today and sharing your knowledge and all the things that you've learned. Um, if you could tell people one thing from this episode, what would it be?
1: Oh, I just feel like they're all so connected, all the different discussions that we had today they're all interconnected and they should all be talked about uh use your voice like people seem to think that they're not going to be listened to you will be listened to at some point be relentless right be
0: passionate,
1: get out there say things that other people don't say like sometimes you got to step out of that lineup and say yeah. what you got to say but yeah I think just all of the things that we talked about are important to have these different discussions, and you may not agree with the whole porn thing or the sex trade thing, but it's definitely something that you should be looking into and learning more. I was gonna about. say
0: education, education. Yeah. I feel like is huge for this, you know, for this topic that we talked about today. Educate yourself. Educate yourself on all of these things that we brought up today, because if you do, you're gonna want to be a part of the solution because it's so, it's so big. Yeah.
1: about it, it's hard to get away from it.
0: Yep, exactly. Once you're in, you're in. <laughs> So you guys, please follow Kate. Her page is Kate, K-A-T-E, J, and then Oseen, O-S-E-E-N. And that's where, like I said, on a regular basis, she is posting um, resources and facts and all statistics and all of those things. So um, also you can message her if you guys have any questions about anything with this topic that you would like her to um, help give you some information on. And also if you guys are not following Camel in a Dark Room, please do so. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Have an amazing day.